0: Welcome to the American Roadrunner Podcast. Yeah, I'm glad y'all could join us here today on this, the American Roadrunner Podcast. I don't know about y'all, but boy, I always get freaking excited when I hear Meek's music playing. (laughs) Life's good. Just means good things are about to happen today. Today on the american roadrunner podcast this is where we share stories from the road in our two-wheeled motorcycle machines all tales of spills thrills and chills all the good bad and ugly stories from the open road we're very excited today we got a dirty biker in studio talking with dirty bikers about dirty bikers Casey glad you could join us here today good to be here nice nice (laughs) well this is where you get to introduce yourself for so we know who the heck you are Uh, my name is Casey Um, I'm a
1: canyon hooligan uh, big bicycle rider and motorcycle rider as well as motorcycle and bicycle mechanic
0: so you wear spandex (laughs) <laughs> uh, just the shorts under regular under, shorts <laughs> regular <laughs> just for I, comfort listen you got my vote man you guys are out there pedaling your butts off wearing spandex I, <laughs> I mean it's not like exciting or anything I'm just saying I would never be wearing that spandex in public you so. wish you could though <laughs> Maybe well, honestly, I can. Yeah, it's it's everything above the waist we worry about. Yeah, everything below the waist is just fine. Just look like I wouldn't mind showing off a little. Got the tight pants looking like a muffin. That'd be bitching. (laughs) That'd be way bitching.
1: So Casey, how old are you, and how long you been riding? Um, twenty five. Been riding bicycles pretty much my whole life, and riding motorcycles for about nine years. Cool, cool. And what was your first motorcycle? Uh, I had a Honda Ruckus uh, scooter, if you can call that a motorcycle.
0: <laughs> totally counts. Yeah. Hashtag counts. little back pervert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally counts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a little 50cc Honda. It was pretty cool. I rode it for about a year.
0: You didn't have the build-up kit in it? I think you can bump them up to 75 yeah, or something. Right? No,
1: I just I stretched it out. I did little cosmetic mods, and then uh, nice. after the whole first year, I kind of decided... With the fifteen hundred, I saved up. Do I, you know, convert the motor to a one fifty, or do I buy a big bike and sell it? Right, buy right. a big bike. Nice, yeah,
0: nice. That's you right. It's up. a one fifty. Yeah. happy
2: up. with the choice. Good.
0: Well, I get it. My little brother used to cruise around Redlands on one of those. They were in some type of s- scooter trash club. I forget. <laughs> I rode
1: with those Redlands people. <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm, no, I, I am a big fan. I mean, I'm a big fan <laughs> of anything that goes, but. Little bikes are always a lot of fun. I wish they'd go a little faster with me on them, but for some reason they don't. They didn't go sh- that fast with,
1: with me on there either. Yeah, I yeah, hit forty five
0: if I was lucky. <laughs> right, because you're like a buck ten, oh, yeah. sopping wet. If that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good on you. I'm sure that buck probably 15. really helps. <laughs> Very aerodynamic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the artwork of American Roadrunner can be found by the Bow Monster. That's the Bow Monster on Instagram. Also, check out
1: www.bomonster.com, The Bow Monster. All right, so, Casey, what do you ride now? Uh, right now, I have a, Kawasaki, or a 2017 Kawasaki Z650.
0: Mm, cool, that cool. thing sure is sexy. I've seen pictures of it. Although, I've never seen pictures of it with both wheels on the ground. <laughs> it happens, There's it happens. usually a wheel up. The front wheel usually was it made yeah. that
2: way i mean i, I don't
1: know it has <laughs> issues Unicycle? i don't know
0: something's wrong with it <laughs> but you have a lot of fun with it
1: oh yeah yeah actually the bike i had before this was almost the same bike it was the ninja 650 and i had that rode it for about five years got about fifty-five thousand miles nice and then bought another 650 i mean it's a really good platform to ride yeah, it, really it was is. easy to learn on and once you you know learn how to ride i mean i'd ride the crap out of it and i mean it holds up really well. It's super fun, fast enough. I mean, it tops out at 135, and I rarely, I usually don't, don't you know, No, that would be illegal
0: unless you're out land speed racing. Yeah, it's like you don't need to go fast. any
1: faster than that, and I don't even right. usually go that fast. It's like it's perfect for the canyons, super good torque at the low RPM range. So,
0: Well, and I think you bring up a good point. 650 uh, is kind of a magic number. 600 is a good number, too. Yeah. But the way it just works out, the only difference between a 650 and a 750 is this outside diameter of you know the actual piston. So with a 650, you're going to have a bit more torque. And I, I know back in the day, it was said uh, the KZ 650s actually went faster than the KZ 750. Those four cylinders. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. See, this yeah. one's just a twin too. That's. Right, what, I love right. it for the maintenance too. I mean, super yeah. easy to do valve adjustments. Yeah, so you've only got two of, of them. Everything's a lot quicker, yeah.
0: You've only got two carburetors as well.
1: No, fuel injectors.
0: <laughs> Whatever. I'm not talking <laughs> to you. We don't get to talk what about stoichiometry, anything. <laughs> uh, but it all plugs in at the top, like oh, yeah. the top front cylinder, back cylinder. The flappers are on top. Nice. Very nice.
2: You know what? I'm looking at your Instagram right now and uh, seeing you doing some some riding in the hills and stuff. Uh, first of all, what is your Instagram? It's uh, letters KC rider 187 cool cool casey rider 187 yeah. so where do you like to ride when you're doing uh the kind of stuff that we see the video and f- photographs of
1: a lot of uh, gmr glendora mountain road and azusa <laughs> as well as i hit up apex uh the little cart track as well okay they let us take our bikes on it's where's that really at fun. where's the cart it's track? over by paris auto speedway paris really? next door
0: you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I always that it's was assuming it's a little mini track, it's like
1: yeah. $40 for the whole day. Can't yeah. beat it compared. I mean, I'm not big into doing full track days, especially because I can't take it on. i have to take the cage off my bike. I don't think they allow full cages on most tracks. Well, they don't but want you digging into the asphalt. Yeah, with them. yeah, but there at Apex, I mean, you could show up, they don't even really do much tech inspection. I mean, as long as you got the right gear and everything, it's a little small track, you know. I mean, you can't, it's hard, you could still get hurt, but you're not going anywhere near the speed you would have full track to so Mm. i kind of enjoy that it's a little less risk lots of fun
0: you're able to break out the rear end okay get it moving around the corners or a little bit pretty
1: tight i do it more just for fun but when Mm. i'm actually trying to ride for speed and stuff i don't usually throw the back end out too much (laughs) (laughs) haven't got that much confidence in that part yet
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, my pro, I'm just, I'm not very, I always hit an uneven bit of pavement and I can get it out, but then I'll hit a slick spot and it goes a different way. And oh, yeah. by the time it starts going, it surprises me. So, you know, I end up pulling in the clutch and it, it doesn't look good. Yeah. The way that some of <laughs> these guys do it, it looks oh, really yeah. good. Yeah, I'll
1: just be the one, you know, locking it up to like park my bike just to slide in mm-hmm. and, but not really getting too crazy with it.
0: Well, and it's very important. You, It's nice to keep that kind of funness on the track and that's a benefit. everyone knows where the track is including the ambulances um it's like people who freak out that i'm land speed racing you're going you know i'm going fast in a straight line in the middle of nowhere yeah well i'm not in the middle of nowhere i'm surrounded by ambulances it doesn't really matter how fast i'm going because i passed a rigorous tech inspection i got all my gear land speed racing is probably the safest thing i do so Tracks are always a lot safer. I'm always a huge proponent of that. Like yeah. you said, it's $40 for the day, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, you can't beat it. I mean, I haven't got a chance to take this new 650 out there yet, but I'm going to pretty soon. Nice. Nice. Canyons are cool, and I love them, but, man, I don't know. It's just one of those things like you, it's – I try to come and go – Not get too involved all the time because it's just there are chances of things happening, and yeah, there's other people out there, and you just want to
0: there's a lot of yeah, I try to limit
1: you know, limit the chances as much as possible. Had a couple you know, run ins with issues, but
0: yeah, well, I think you know, the biggest secret is as long as you're always looking at safety, I'm glad I could bring that up. Welcome to Bob Safety Tip Minutes. (laughs) The secret is do not look at the danger, look at the safety, and your back will follow that's it you know as long as you're looking at the safety look where you want to go. yeah you look where you want to go look at the safest route and boy it's amazing your back will take you there yep wherever you're looking i think naturally as humans we like to rubberneck um actually there's a big study done after uh, i was right before world war ii and they figured out they call it dead reckoning you know that's how we know it um i don't remember if it was a naval study anyways what's dead reckoning, why are pilots crashing into why are people running into the danger, Why, you know, but that's what it was, so I know they all worked real hard instructing people to look away from the danger. There's even an optometrist that we follow a lot of our safety practices off of, his name was Smith, you can buy into the Smith driving practices but it's you know rules like that aiming high and steering uh, breaking early blah 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 but your eye you only see you only really use three percent of your eye so if you can really get your eyes to work for you it should be pretty golden But number one rule, look towards the safety, not the danger. Stop rubbernecking, people. (laughs) Well,
2: I've heard something like that. uh, If you're driving a car and you get in a spin out or something, hit some black eyes, you're supposed to look where you want to go and you just naturally adjust because it's like an extension of of yourself. So you're just able to naturally steer the car to where you want to go. And
0: I write about that in my book a lot, that the motorcycle to me is no different than putting on a pair of shoes. And Mm -hmm. I'm not looking where my shoes are going. I'm just getting it there. It's all second yeah. nature by the time you've done it for a little while and once you yeah. get comfortable on the machine. No matter what the machine is, you know, a tank, everything but a train. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. a train doesn't have a steering wheel. And you, what I recall from uh, our conversations we
2: had with uh, re- retired Pomona PD, yes. Rory Tom Hoon, you yes. know, he always had to look out for people running into him on the side of the road right. because they're looking. Mm. They want to rubberneck and see what's going on. That's why right. are the cop lights flashing You got pulled over? And then they end up steering over there and hitting him. So that's what they always got to look out
0: for. Yeah, well, and it happens to me a lot. It, ha- it, it, it happens to me a lot. Big rigs, whatever. I'm going down the road and they start pulling over into my lane because they're busy looking out the rearview mirror. What the hell is this freak show behind me? Or on the side <laughs> of me. And it's a lot worse when I'm on my Goldwing, and i'm pulling my rebel on the trailer behind me you know i mean every car i see comes into me because they're just all they spend more than three or four seconds looking in the rear view mirror trying to figure out why there's a little bike following a big bike so <laughs> and just a quick shout out to one of our riverside locals speed king cycles steve and amy can hook you up with all your custom needs for harleys and beyond Speed King Cycles here in Riverside. I hear they might also be carrying one acclaimed book, American Roadrunner. Check them out. Riverside, Speed King Cycles. Let's talk about pedaling. You like to pedal a bit.
1: Yeah, I ride uh, fixed gear bikes, and I ride mountain bikes too as well.
0: Right, fixed gear being...
1: Uh, Basically, the back wheel is fixed to the front. Uh, Chain wheel, there's no coasting, there's no brakes. No brakes. You are the brakes, your legs are
0: which is kind of how the original box was set up they had a really big wheel in front you had to climb up them yeah. yeah that's really what you're doing you're just I mean, doing it yeah, with you can if you're gears. rolling
1: you're pedaling after a while you kind of you really don't think about it so much right. but the other day I actually had been riding my mountain bike a lot Right. And I was leaving work and I got my fix and I was riding down the street and I like went to like stand up real quick and almost flew off the bike. Nice. <laughs> tried to coast for a second, completely relax my legs and nice. almost flew off. But <laughs> yeah,
2: you got to remember. So a fixed bicycle is like the
0: equivalent of a chopper? Well, that's one way um, to put it, I reckon. I mean, you just got to remember.
1: Like the sketchiest, most simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stripped down to the bare bones <laughs> yeah. of what you need kind of thing. Yeah, basically, I mean, maintenance is chain yeah check your tires i mean pretty much nothing
0: hmm. and i think with our chain technology you've been able to you know tensile strength has just gone nuts the last 20 years on chains we know oh, yeah. you're probably too young to remember but there used to be a time when yeah, <laughs> chain, chains were an issue and i know uh old harley's for example they'd use a 530 chain but you know guys would go through chains like no tomorrow i got pictures of my dad where he's got master links hanging off his boots, you know, they <laughs> tie them into their boots because they needed them so placements. much. Yeah, exactly, because you never knew when you were going to bust one. And they carry that in a file, so you could maybe you can file off a busted link and then put a master link in Jeez. its place, that type of thing. Um, and even the KZ1000s originally came with a 630 chain, you know, which is oh, just, wow. they were just huge. And originally I, I stretched my cop bike, the one that's in the book, the chain weighed like forty-five pounds. I mean, it was one hundred and twenty links of six thirty. It was so big, and uh, when I remember when it blew, it blew on me once in the middle of Texas, and it took out the whole uh, drive side cover of my engine, and I was leaking oil like a sieve. So there I am in Texas <clears throat> with a busted chain, and I'm leaking just a crap ton of oil. So I ended up ripping it all apart. This was at this was several years ago at the uh, where was I? how's that the giddy up new brunsville texas and uh i'm on the side of the road putting this back together so i ended up ripping it apart jb welding this cover all back together the power cover and uh slowly but surely i uh made my way back to california with it but the whole time you know the master link was new and the other chain wasn't so the bike's going you know Mm -hmm. and i think i went through four gallons of oil and x amount of gallons of gasoline but i spent more in oil than i spent in gasoline trying to get back because this chain just did so much damn damage so since then i've done i've gone to a 530 conversion you can actually get the tensile strength out of a 530 chain now that you used to get out of a 630 and they had to use 630s because those kz1000s had so much horsepower back in the day they just didn't make a chain that was big enough so mm. so that's the uh that's a wonderful thing about chains and that's why we can have fixed gear bicycles now because there's actually the tensile strength in the chain how i mean how many miles do you get on a bicycle fixed chain i suspect it's not very much oh man
1: i'd i probably change my chain maybe once every two three years oh okay so about two years on. okay but i run it's a half link chain too so it's really beefy it's
0: like the best of the best yeah it's yeah. it's
1: also rainbow chain okay.
0: is rainbow so that adds okay. you know extra strength so yeah i use uh myself um if anyone's interested i mean i'm not i'm not sponsored by a subaki but uh tsu baki subaki they're a japanese company i spend almost 300 dollars a chain and oh, it's man. well worth it after throwing that 150 fifty dollar chain in the middle of texas i just gave up and you know what i just buy the best most expensive chain I can and they happen to be Japanese made and they're called Tsubakis so hmm. I got that from an old Harley guy <laughs> I'm like okay I'm in like if it works for his old Harleys it should work okay for my KZ1000 and a 530 instead of a 630 but now cha- chains used to be a lot bigger deal than they are now so I'm glad uh, glad it's still working for you I used to race bicycles. Did you know that? No. <laughs> <What'd> you ride? <laughs> BMX? Yeah, BMX, oh, okay. man. Once that movie Rad came out, like, we uh, were in. I love that movie Rad. <coughs> oh, my gosh.
2: I'm, I'm telling everybody right now, you, you have to see the movie Rad, even if you're not into bicycles. It's just, it's a, a keystone of the 80s. And Ooh. it it was I'll such go a, a step big further. part of my development.
0: Yeah, well, I'll go a step further, and I'll mention the movie Back Bandits. Did you I ever did. see that one? I don't think I saw. It that It was one. Nicole Kidman's first movie. She's like sixteen. Okay. Yeah, was, it was oh, like was Australia. It was like I'll BMX know. Australia. Yeah, they were like murderers that they're trying to chase down or something. It was it was crazy. <laughs> Shout it out to great. Nicole Kidman. Oh man, Back <laughs> Bandits. That was a good movie. The. Um, Yeah, no, I race BMX, and I'm actually having a lot of fun writing a prequel about it right now. Oh, cool. Uh, Just about my BMX days. For us, it was all about family time. Yeah, right, (laughs) self-plug. I'm telling you, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm writing it all on a typewriter just to bug Brian. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But it's nice to, uh, you know, it's nice to remember all the cool stuff that I used to do, and it wasn't that I was doing. I was just pedaling. But it was myself, my older sister, my younger brother, and even my baby sister uh we'd get out to the track and they would have the little kids would do like um uh what were those the big wheels remember the three wheel yeah. things that they had to get? so they'd do those little races i had those But my dad would just throw all our bikes and all the neighborhood kids we'd all throw our bikes on the motorhome and off we went man it was great family time you know i've got many a memory of my dad with that big freaking steering wheel in front of him bouncing down the road <laughs> in our big old winnebago yeah. and bicycles tied to the back or he'd tie to the top of his caprice classic like
2: did you have the pegs on the wheels did you do tricks like did you have the oh, full gyro I, oh
0: yeah handlebars and everything well i had one back for that and that back was a schwinn, schwinn and it was a newer one but i no, i was sponsored by cw so i use cw frames and i ended up getting about three of them do you ever hear that one cw no that's
1: my initials yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> right so i would um I'd use CW frames, and uh, I would use boy. We got everything. We had Amy grips and mushroom grips, and we had the California light pad. I mean, we had Vans. I got new Vans every three months. I see. Yeah, it was you know when you're like eight nine years old, like this was killer stuff. Uh, we were real fortunate, and that was back in the day before the internet. So we would just kind of my sister would just like send off letters to places and <laughs> bam we'd get sponsorship like actually write like actua- write letters i think she used a top rider but yeah <laughs> she would uh, send off letters and they'd send back just piles of stuff man That's they were so happy oh do you have a family race team heck yeah here's your crap enjoy it's cool yeah it was uh, quite the experience you always so. had the cool kicks mm-hmm. always had the vans on well and we'd make sure to i'd get the ones oh what's what's martin aparejo wearing Oh, lime green, I want those, you know. I had the checkered vans. <coughs> I think Eddie Faviola wore those. Yeah. Or maybe it's maybe it's backwards. I was always getting those guys mixed up. And then also
2: I had the knockoff vans because my mom worked for Mervyn's. Way oh, back cool, in the day, so cool. I th- I had what was called airwalks. I know they're still nice. around. They might be. I mean, Payless went under and they carried. We would have kicked walks. your butt. But yeah, the the, the air, walk, I, air I I loved them because they had the flying monkey little logo. <laughs> it's like the back of this monkey and it's rat, like arms rat, and legs flying rat, out. Right. Yeah. Man. <laughs> the to be a 80s. kid again. To be a
0: kid well yeah. and i kind of enjoy that like casey's still like rocking it man yeah. he's still like freaking pedaling all over the Trying place keep both yeah. up and down mount rubido
2: well that's what's cool is you you don't really need to grow up anymore you know you know you can fall in love so with much. something and you know just keep on doing it and you, you know speaking of uh from what i understand you you do what you love it's like not even like a job uh where
1: do you work and what do you do Currently, I work at Jensen USA, and I'm a bike builder. Jensen
0: USA. I get Mm -hmm.
1: to build uh, some of the nicest mountain bikes I've ever seen on the daily. So it's kind of nice. Kind of like start to forget how expensive some of these things are. But
2: (laughs) (laughs) you get a so you get a good discount, or you just uh, conveniently take stuff home and stuff yeah, no, no I think
1: it, we get things about cost yeah so it depends on what it is but yeah for the most part I get you know most of the parts I want or like things I usually never would have been able to really put out the money yeah. for I mean I could get little parts when I want to. I mean, it's not too bad. So it's so. like you
2: don't even work. Like, you just go and you do something you love every it's day. just build bikes,
1: get to test ride them in the back. Yeah. yeah. Usually, you know, got to test out the brakes. Got to do some wheelies. So <laughs> Cool, cool. <laughs> sure and then, like, break. at the end of the day, you're like,
2: oh, it's been eight hours? Okay, I guess I'll go home. Can't wait to come back and to work. Ride a bicycle home. We should or all be
1: so
0: fortunate. <laughs> and, and Jensen is here in town? or?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's still technically Riverside, but okay. it's pretty close to Moval. It's right up by the 60 freeway. Oh, where that F.
0: F-16 just crashed. Pretty close. Pretty right, close. right. That. looked like our warehouse, but it wasn't. <laughs> okay, there. cool. That's cool. Yeah, we were all a little worried about that. F-16 crashed into a warehouse. <laughs> that was uh, nuts. That yeah. was a busy, pilot, crazy day. Pilot escaped, though. Pilot escaped. Yeah, one n- died. Nobody was hurt in the warehouse. I know. There was people weird. in there, but nobody got seriously hurt. Could you so. imagine? You're just all hanging out working and a freaking plane comes through the roof.
1: I literally thought about... I, I was hearing him fly over... Um, maybe two three days before that had happened and I was like right. thinking about like what if like a bomb dropped through or what if a plane <laughs> uh, just because they just kept flying over all day and then that literally happened a couple of days later so jinxed it They didn't mean <laughs> to I'm sorry <laughs> ah,
0: well it is something we deal with being so close to an air reserve that's base crazy. it's a fair weather base so and who it well knows it what is they're doing one of the there. safest places to be is near you know a yeah. military base maybe unless oh. people get mad and start shooting stuff up start shooting <laughs> up military bases I don't know check out our friend Jake with the Flying
2: Dutchman Co with all your motorcycle and customization needs that's the Flying Dutchman Co you can find him on Instagram and YouTube at the Flying Dutchman Co
0: so I suspect when you even ride your bicycles you wrap yourself up in bubble wrap like everyone else no. No. <laughs> do you wear the really <laughs> little helmet? I never understood the little helmet on the bicycle. I actually
1: just got my first bicycle helmet once oh. I started working at this job at yeah. Johnson USA.
0: So you've got so. the little itty bitty. I don't think it does anything. It's does just, it do anything? An old,
1: it, this one's actually, a, it's like a mountain bike helmet, technically. Okay. But I mean, it, it would. If full you, face? A, or? I have a full face. I don't really use it. It's just like the one that goes on top. But I mean, I feel like it's better than having nothing, especially because yeah. some of the trails we ride you're going like pretty close to flipping over the bars sometimes pretty on the mountain downhill. Bikes. yeah there's yeah. a lot of big rocks so i mean it, it would, it's not bad to have i never wore a bicycle helmet ever but i mean i think it's a good thing to start yeah you protect your head i mean you could you could take one hit to your head and i mean that could be it so
0: yeah no i, I agree i yeah, wear Especially helmets rocks everywhere.
1: everywhere it's hard to ignore the, the dangers yeah. Plus, everybody around, like, everybody with the company is really, you know, safety involved. And if you're, basically, I was that one guy that didn't wear a helmet. Like, I was the odd one out, so I figured, yeah, why not? And I got a discount on a good helmet, so.
0: That's cool. (laughs) Join the club.
2: Have you seen those, like, bicycle airbag helmet things where it's... Uh, I, I saw them like two years ago. I don't know if there's like a GoFundMe campaign for it, but it looks like you're wearing a scarf, uh, right? No. And then <laughs> if it, somehow it's got some sort of a computer processor that it can feel if you're in an accident, like it can feel you uh, doing something up, like a and yeah device. the scarf like inflates instantly okay. and it covers your head like a helmet and it, wow. it it's so weird seeing these videos of they have of course attractive women riding a bicycle and then they like hit something <laughs> Oof, and like you just see big. in slow motion and yeah, they look ridiculous
1: <laughs> wow yeah it's this
2: inflatable helmet that just kind
1: like, of crisp flies. like Chris Farley's on yeah <laughs> right
2: <laughs> But it's so cool. I don't know if uh, if that's actually coming out, Maybe but it seemed like a such up. a good idea. Uh, <laughs> it, it was some one of the European countries where they have a lot of bikes,
0: you know, like Denmark or Norway. And yeah, you know. yeah. Well, it sounds like a good idea. I mean, it only has to save one life, and I know, uh, you know, obviously at land speed racing they'll use the Hans devices, all the guys in cars, not the guys on motorcycles. But those Hans devices are terribly expensive, and they're not expensive for what they are. They're expensive because they ensure your neck you know i think i mean they're like twelve hundred dollars or fourteen hundred dollars uh-huh. i mean they're nuts and owning them you got to be registered as the owner etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think that all falls under insurance you look at it it looks like a hundred dollar device but it isn't it's much more expensive mm-hmm. and you have to have them and it's great because my fellow uh mates on the uh, in the club they put them on and they're in the car and they can't move their head i mean it's Keeps so you cold. can slap on side of the helmets when the doors open and they can't do anything about it because they can't see you. They can't <laughs>
1: They get pretty. you bad. seen the MotoGP racers. They all have those suits now that if they get into an accident and they think, I think there might be like a rip cord that when they fly off the bike. Oh, really? But, um, the suit puffs up.
0: Oh, um, it puffs up a yeah, little. It just
1: That's blows cool. up kind of. Creates a little more cushion. Well, those
0: suits are really exciting. Yeah, those got to be done. super expensive. I mean, too. they've gone from—I don't think the doctor has broken anything in three or four years. They've just those suits have gotten so advanced huh. by the doctor. I it's mean, kind of like 43. a flight suit
1: kind of thing. It inflates. I think it's just like a basic track suit, but then it has these, um, areas built in that some, I don't know how it fills up with air, but wow. Do you
0: have a track suit yourself? I have a track suit, but I mine's do. very different.
1: I have an Alpine star suit. I okay. wear every time I go to the canyons or track.
0: Nice, nice. I
1: wear full boots, um, about like, I don't know what you call it below the knee, but yeah, high boots. Right. I wear a back protector, have a nice like race certified helmet and good gauntlet gloves basically everything you need. And I mean, I already just test out the gloves recently. So or tested everything out recently. <laughs> oh, you oh, got the that? slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was in Azusa. It was uh, November and I was coming up with uh, with my friends just doing a regular Sunday Canyon run. And we had barely got up there. We're getting close to crystal Lake and I was coming to a left-hand corner. And as I was approaching it, uh, there was another rider actually coming down the road in the opposite oh, lane Wow. and I could tell by his body positioning he wasn't going to make the corner and yeah. as soon as he got close to the yellow line it just looked like he grabbed a whole handful front brake and just dumped his bike and it was coming right at me him and his bike slid into my lane and I almost there's like a one foot gap between him and the bike and I was ready for the bike to take me out and like the last second I ended up actually going over his legs and flying off of the bike So I kind of like jumped over like a speed bump yeah. and bike flew on the side, test out the crash cage. Shout out to impact tech. (laughs) (laughs) Great cage. I was able to ride the bike home. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, bike's still fine. Uh, I flew pretty far. It's got a little banged up, but unfortunately for the other rider, uh, he ended up with a broken arm, a concussion and a pretty bad broken leg. But I actually talked to him recently just to see how he's doing. And he's actually doing pretty well. He said he's walking again, he can run. Nice. His That's set the screws bother him a little bit and where they fix his leg. Right. I'm not sure if those are permanent or if they'll be removed, but I mean...
0: Is he going to get your name tattooed on his leg?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got
2: his name tattooed <laughs> yeah. on his leg with the scar. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, fortunately, it, it could have been way worse. I mean, it still was pretty bad. He did have to get airlifted and... Like, the whole time, I was kind of freaking out. I didn't know the severity of the injury. I wasn't even sure where I had hit him at the time. Sure, sure. But, I mean, fortunately, you know, he was okay. Everyone was basically okay, like, in the long run. And, I mean...
2: And that's all due to your equipment.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, unfortunately, he didn't have any real gear. He had basically... He was in jeans, but I think he just had a helmet and gloves. Yeah. He had maybe a jacket, but, I mean... The only damage I, I got like pretty, I got sore and beat up and my arm was a little hurt. But I mean, for the most part, my suit saved a bunch of road rash from happening to me. I mean, I even got a little road rash on my hip mm. from the heat of the suit sliding. right. right. It didn't even tear through. But I mean, if I didn't have that, like I already know what happens. I crashed my first 650 after my first year riding and I had my bone showing on my left arm. I had road rash yeah. across my whole body. Mm. I had a t-shirt on and skate shoes. My feet <laughs> went through the bottom of the shoes. Uh, it was pretty terrible, but I met my current wife from that crash, so I'm not upset about <laughs> it. <but laughs> <that's a plus. laughs>
0: Regardless, it hurt it like out. a son of a bitch. Yeah. So. Yeah. But
1: yeah, it sucked. And after that, um, I learned how to wear gear, wear yeah. jackets in the middle of the Well, summer. and you've You'd got
0: like the zippers on your suit. So if it's hot, you can open it up while you're riding. The uh,
1: suit has no zippers, but okay. it's perforated. So it's not that okay. bad. I okay. mean, I deal with it. Get home. Take a shower. I mean,
0: so that's what they mean. I when wear a camelback. <laughs> so yeah. That's what they mean when they
2: say dress for the, the fall. Don't don't oh, the dress slide. for the ride. Just
1: for the slide. Not the ride. That's what it is. Nice, I like nice. that. But yeah. I mean, you don't. Unfortunately, so many people I've ridden with. They only learn after something happens, which sucks. But if yeah, there's anything I could stress enough. I mean, don't wait till you get hurt because you just regret it. I mean, just wear the gear. It it, yeah. d- it doesn't look uncool. I mean, you can get gear that looks pretty cool. I think mine looks alright.
0: Yeah, I've been wearing. Uh, well, I just got back from EDR a few weeks ago, but I've been wearing the uh, overalls, and uh, they've got the pads in the knees, which is nice, an extra layering. So mm-hmm. They're a little hot. They look really stupid, but I really <laughs> you look enjoy hot that. In them. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is nice to have all the not have all the pressure on the bladder, and that's. Uh, Well, I write about it in my book, too, you know, (laughs) that uh, it's okay not to have all that pressure on your bladder so I can go a little longer. Mm. But they work real well, and I got a new jacket, and it's... pretty um perforated mm. so you don't really even notice it but it is covered in the uh elbow pad shoulder pads yeah, etc yeah people thought uh and i gotta tell you when i was moving it was fine i couldn't tell i was wearing oh it. yeah but when i stopped it felt like i was wearing a light jacket and it's 90 degrees out you know yeah you're it's like, my oh, community okay, jacket when <laughs> i'm
1: moving it's perforated really well and it uh-huh. feels good but eye yeah, when you stop you're like yeah i'm still wearing a leather jacket yeah a stoplight <laughs> I mean, with a radiator
0: fan blowing yeah, on me, so. uh-huh. Uh-huh. exactly that's a hard one to get around but uh boy when, when i'm moving yeah when you're moving yeah. it's fine Just so. stay moving yeah just run the red lights <laughs> keep moving keep, splitting. <laughs> <laughs> keep on sharing them lanes uh-huh. make it all work so when you when you said you were riding in Azusa
2: near Crystal Lake I couldn't help but think of uh, Jason, you know. And I guess this was a little bit of a different horror story with with your accident which I would have never believed if I didn't see the video. And yes. maybe you can tell us about that. You you have a pretty cool video kit.
1: Oh yeah, um I've always run a camera for the, maybe the past 3 years or so. What kind of camera is it? Uh right now I'm running the GoPro Session. It's like The cheapest session, I think they're about 150 bucks. has basically one button that you normally use when you're riding. It turns the camera on, starts recording with one button, and then you hit it again, turns the camera off, and stops recording. So it's really Mm -hmm. nice for being on your helmet when you can't really see. Yeah. Um, I use the chin mount. I mount it under, like, right where your chin would be. Yeah, I Uh, noticed that. Yeah, you can use the basic GoPro mounts on some, but um, mine, I have the AGV Corsa helmet, mm-hmm. and it's really pointed at the front, and fortunately, my friend Matt, he has a company called Cali Mounts. It's on Instagram, Cali Mounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes custom 3D-printed uh, GoPro mounts for a chin, like chin mount area, and okay. he does all these different helmets that you normally wouldn't be able to mount a GoPro to there, so it's like custom-fitted for that helmet specifically, and... I got to test it out, and I mean, it's still good. So, yeah, you know, it's a good perspective, though.
2: I always see the people with the, the video on either the side of their helmet or on the top and i would have never thought of you know putting it on the chin but they're getting so much smaller now you know it's hardly noticeable yeah it's
1: easier to reach from there and also too it doesn't catch the wind so much that's why i like it it kind of you don't really notice the the camera there but i've had the camera on the top of the helmet yeah on the side and it kind of you know you get to a certain speed and it starts pulling your helmet a little bit so and it looks cleaner
2: yeah. And is it like heavy at all? Like, do you want to pull your chin down
1: because it, no. it has more weight? Not with this camera. Maybe the older GoPros where they're bigger. <laughs> where they're sure. like a big VHS Yeah. I used to thing. have <laughs> one of those older GoPros on the front and it definitely, you could feel it on there. But once I got these little sessions, they're just a little cube. Huh. So it's, it's nice to have.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I hear DJI is kind of taking over GoPro's position in the market for, for those videos, but GoPro is still hanging on.
1: They're, they're all right. They're so, they have little issues. They're a little finicky sometimes. I mean, if you don't have the right uh, SD card or stuff like that, they'll yeah. freeze. And But, I mean, for the most part, they're they're decent. I'm sure there's going to be some better stuff coming out, though. Yeah. Especially smaller.
2: And from what I hear, they're just good for the video, the way it's recorded. Like, it's really hard to produce something with it because of the uh, compression and everything for the GoPro yeah. videos. But, yeah. I have a, I have a DJI, like... Um, what is it? It's like a cell phone kind of stabilizer thing. Um, huh. So I can run holding this thing. It's like a gimbal. It's a gimbal. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I can run with Tight. this thing, and it, it keeps steady. And I, H- I got have it for you have you ran
0: down the street with it to test it. Tracy, I, has he done this in the middle of the night to see how? The I didn't just run down the street. <laughs> I
2: streaked down the street, nice. holding this holding DJI the camera. Osmo <laughs> thing with my my phone on it, videotaping me. Yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, GoPro, DJI, they're they're all part of that video market. Well,
0: it is nice that you're able to share that part like this. I I've enjoyed your videos because it's this is where my hand is on the clutch and my clutching position versus <laughs> you know to get the front end up in the air. I think that's exciting for people. Oh, that's how you get the front end up in the air. I've learned when I get my front end up in the air, I end up killing my uh, shocks coming down. It might have something <laughs> to do with my mass versus your mass. But
1: uh, I had about a whole year of figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> right, I was right. bottoming out every time it came down, just smacking.
0: Yeah. You just, you gotta be, it's actually a lot a in, the, in the, the
1: the foot break to not slam the front end down. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. It just wait for it's, it. it's weird. Yeah. Like you're, you got to be dragging the foot brake the whole time so you're not increasing the speed. Right. And then when you go to bring it down, you actually throw the wheelie back a little bit more so then you can brake a little bit more. And then you actually cut your speed another five miles an hour, and then you're actually able to get have some gas. Mm-hmm. So when you bring it down, because a lot of time I was going until I'd hit the rev limiter, and you hit that rev limiter, and then you just cut out, and your bike just drops straight down. Right. Not smashing cool. nuts and yeah oh. a tear will, you know shed one tear and then you just do it again <laughs> shed
2: one tear have less kids yeah. watch your
0: hydraulics explode on the front <laughs> end I don't know where that leak came from <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I've I've learned but that makes a lot of sense but I've learned it, it just takes a second or two for everything to react yeah. and you just gotta feel it out
1: it's lots of you know, muscle memory practice over and over.
0: Now do you
2: just do the wheelies or are you doing the crazy stuff where you're throwing your legs in the air and, you know, no, I'm mostly just like
1: to do the Canyon riding, like dragging knee and just having fun. And then I just started learning the wheelie stuff later down the road. Uh, I was always doing wheelies on bicycles and stuff. And then um, there's a while um, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Mm. I got really sick for a while and I couldn't even ride my bicycle for like 15, 20 minutes at a time. So then I was kind of forced to learn on my motorcycle and just like, grow some balls and mm-hmm. <laughs> quit being scared because that's what ended up really holding me back the whole time. I always tried, but I could never do it. It was just cause I wasn't committing. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to just learn cause I had to get my wheelie fixed. So
0: yeah. Just a quick thanks to one of our sponsors and friends, one Mr. Curtis Morgan with ride one K in a day. He's getting the app put out. Check him out on the Instagram ride one K in a day. Challenge yourself ride one K in a day. How old were you when you figured out the crones?
1: Um, I think, it was right around when I turned 22. Wow. 22 or 23.
0: Just a few years ago. Yeah it wasn't
1: that long ago and it was about a year of hell like just basically ulcers throughout your whole digestive tract and didn't really know. For those who don't know what Crohn's disease is it's basically uh, a leaky gut. Yeah, Yeah autoimmune disease you get ulcers basically throughout your whole intestines and it, it was pretty shitty. I mean, no pun intended, but <laughs> <laughs> like, you dealt with that, you know, for a long time, I was like pretty anemic for over a year. And fortunately I was able to get a job. Um, my last job was a flat track mechanic and I actually got it because that kind of happened to me. Yeah. If I wouldn't have gotten sick, I wouldn't have got that job opportunity. And yeah. it was kind of nice to have, you know, a boss who understood I was the only employee. So you know, he, it was a small business. I kind of would just help out when I could. And then as I slowly regained my health with diet change and some medicine, mm-hmm. um, it was good to kind of like grow and have something to focus on to not be just dealing with a whole lifestyle change, Right, right, right. changing everything I eat, everything I do. And also, you know, at the same time, I was able to focus on something I really was interested in as building motors and building full motorcycles. So it was right. really nice to have, a. You know, it's like one side was really terrible stuff, but that the other side I was learning, you know, really good things that I'll probably, you know, do with it for the rest of my life.
0: So yeah. See the lot at the end of the tunnel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really cool that you're able to learn that kind of stuff because it is, it is an artisan trade, you know, and it's, it's definitely needed.
0: Yeah, well and and people just don't do that, especially in your generation. They just don't do it anymore. Just I know pay my little dude, to fix it Yeah, I, you know, how do I buy the extended warranty, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I did not buy any warranties with my yeah, new bike. I just wanna put that out your there. <laughs> your middle name is warranty. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many people who really worry about that. And I think I mean, I, I see it all the time and I just I don't understand that world. Everyone's busy hopping around the U S worried about their warranty on their motorcycle and they concern about it. And I don't, I've never had a warranty on a machine and it's I don't think I've ever had to have a machine towed actually. I well just it's a generational it, thing. You
2: know? Cause I know there's, there's a, a huge swath of the population of young people that don't even know how to change a car tire. And these yeah. are things that they should have taught us in high school. Oh, yeah. You know, they really should have taught us how to do an oil change, how to, you know, uh, change a tire, do some Bowel regular stems, maintenance and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I never use calculus, but I could use, you know, a little bit of car or motorcycle kind of utility.
0: Yeah, and I think the warranties are important if, if you don't ranch or if you feel like you don't have, um, you know, the muscle, if you were terminally ill. Um, yeah yeah i know they're necessary i mean totally non sequitur but i you know i i I ride with uh, a few women and they're it makes them feel a lot better to have the warranties Mm -hmm. because they're not going to be out there on their hands and knees ripping their engines apart on the side of the road sometimes you're in the middle of of nowhere
2: you know you gotta know
0: how to do a couple things yeah and it makes them feel better to know a tow truck's on the way because i think Naturally, and I I really have a lot of admiration for that. Women traveling cross country deals with things a lot differently than men do. They've got a whole other aspect of things to deal with Mm -hmm. uh, that we don't as men, things that I don't even worry about. You know, and I've asked them questions, Well, what do you mean? Just do this. And they're like, Yeah, that'll get me raped in the middle of the night. I'm not interested. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't sleep next to your motorcycle on the Mm. side of the road. I, you know, I. I get it. That makes a lot of sense. So. I would be afraid to do that. <laughs> I do it often. Not often. You do it every all the so time. often.
2: You <laughs> know. You, use your, your, your tire as Handcuff a my arm to the frame. Oh, no. I
0: just leave my helmet on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the the helmet right. your helmet <laughs> on? Yeah. Way. It pulls your head perfectly. Yeah. yeah no, it really that's does. true, actually. It does. Yeah. does. Camping yeah, it does well. tips now from Bob. How <laughs> <laughs> to sleep on the side of the road on your motorcycle. Uh, the uh, rest stops work well, except for Florida. With the rest stop
2: <laughs> bathrooms, though
0: the what avoid the rest
2: stop bathrooms well if you
0: gotta go you gotta go
2: that's the gay meeting place now oh yeah (laughs) yeah, no sorry (laughs) i mean unless you want to meet some other gentlemen you
0: know no yeah no i'm too tired to do that when i'm moving but it's nice to pull over and get a few hours of rest (laughs) Uh, yeah it's just like
1: unfortunate how like i feel like there's so many more people these days who could actually physically work on their stuff but they it's just too easy to I don't know, it's just everything they want to just, like, call Too easy you know, to buy the AAA. warranty, call AAA. It's convenient. You know. Yeah, but there's no better feeling, especially with a motorcycle, where it's it's like when you're in a car, I mean, if you have a flat, it's not like it's the end of the world all the time, but, I mean, like, stuff like that on a bike, I mean, you can't always fix a flat on the side of the mm-hmm. road, but anything, like, if something happens, you're a lot more likely to hit the pavement Yeah. if yep. you have an issue, and there's no better feeling than, like, fixing your bike. Right. And you, or you're the last one that worked on it you know you did it and you're responsible and you ride it and you can tell it's running correctly by the sound and the feel Exactly. Like if you're going to be trusting your life with it i don't the last thing i want to do is give it to a shop and then just get it back assuming everything's That's fine
0: exactly yeah. how much are you willing because you kind of have to if mm-hmm. you
1: do that like to at some point you kind of have to assume that they did do it correctly and i mean it's yeah. Yeah, as long as you know the right shot but I mean at the same time if you know how to do it or you can learn how to do it I mean YouTube can teach you so much too and it's kind of trial and error and you, you know if you did it right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah YouTube
0: you kn- can teach you so much It can you know <laughs> No I, and you're absolutely right It's really good I have a lot of fun with that on any small thing I want yeah. to do Yeah
2: and you know that it's got to be a a good sense of accomplishment when you do do something yourself oh, yeah. I mean it's kind of like whenever I'm cooking sometimes same thing, I cook yeah. something and it just tastes better when yeah. you do it yourself you know, no I yeah
0: no I, I i cook for my children all the time and people are like what is this i go listen it's good i cooked it myself for my children i mm-hmm. did for mine i don't know what to tell you <laughs> you know i just can't hot eat. dogs and we might and we people. might hit fast food once you know once a weekend for the fun of it. it's a freaking weekend you know or someplace nice or whatever but no i prefer to cook for my What's children just like i prefer to work on my own motorcycles people ask me all the time Who's a good motorcycle mechanic in the area? And I honestly don't really know. I mean, I have a few friends that I'll recommend, but I don't. And then they'll go... Well, can you work on my back? Uh, no, I'm my mechanic, not a mechanic. Yes. I'm, I can't be your yeah. mechanic, too. Like, I got my own bikes to work on. I don't know, you know. Your own 21 uh, bikes to work on. Geez. I might have <laughs> picked up a few more lately,
2: but we're not going to talk about that. They're <laughs> like bunny rabbits in your backyard. They just keep They're on. They're not girlfriends. You can have
0: more than one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They just pop out, out, of, out. out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I did just finish building that one out of spare parts. So Which I, one is that? I just put one together. I've probably spent two or three months putting it together. Um, now it's if you a KZ1000. One. Uh,
2: I was going to say, if you build a <laughs> bike from the ground up, like what gives
0: it the name? Is it the frame or the engine or the
2: handlebars, the tires? I think
0: I'm going to call this one Backyard Parts. But, yeah, it's a KZ1000. <laughs> I'm hoping to take it next week. Next weekend, we're going out to the Howlin' Prowl. Uh, which is down in Bisbee, Arizona. I'm real excited. My friends over at mm. Old Shit Rules, uh, <laughs> Tiny and Sam, they put that show on. Yeah, it's in Bisbee. Oh, that's like a Memorial Day weekend kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they just have the show, but myself and a bunch of other fellow Peters. I'm real excited, actually, because uh, I'm taking my little dude down there. It's his birthday. He'll be turning 13. So, cool. Yeah, little everyone's ranchers. pretty excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we're not going to be riding. I'm just going to throw him. Uh, in the truck and have a nice drive through the desert and at first I was kind of bummed I was like man I don't get to ride but I gotta tell you there's a lot of memories I think you forget as a parent you forget all the chats that you got to have with your dad you know driving through the desert. Mm -hmm. And a few of those I've missed with him. So I'm excited to just jump in the truck and head on over to Arizona. We might take the excursion. We'll probably just take the truck.
2: You know, he's turning 13 and you're going to be a long... Car ride. You think this is the time you talk about the birds and the bees with him?
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> now he's not going to go
2: if he. Better than all podcast. my squirrely
0: like freaking backer female friends telling about
2: the birds and the bees. <laughs> Lock so. the doors, son. This has nothing to do with birds or bees. And he's always like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, Dad!" <laughs> he, he just wants to get out of that truck as soon as possible. He's like, "What the hell? I used that thing to go to the bathroom!" Damn oh, it! Oh yeah. She,
0: well, and 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 I'm well.
2: Sex education is very important, folks. Kids
0: need to learn. I was a father at seventeen. Somebody would have been better teaching me. You were living proof. (laughs) I'm living proof. Yeah, Uh, I've got a daughter who looks like my sister. (laughs) She's so old, (laughs) you know, or I'm so young. Uh People confuse us sometimes. Yeah, abstinence uh, is not the answer. You got to teach those kids what not to do. He's pretty good. I mean, he's pretty. I give him a lot of credit because he asks the right questions and well, if he's, he's anything come like up you, a few yeah. Ho- hopefully, he's nothing like me. <laughs> he's more like his mom in that regard. He's got a lot more class than I do. That's for sure. So it's going to be great. We're going to be hanging out in Bisbee, Arizona this weekend. Freaking father-son trip. I'm gonna find a way to grab him a nice cake or something or pie and try not to throw it in his face. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I told him we're going to hop over to Mexico for dinner. He's like, Dad. I can't go to Mexico. I don't have a passport. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, we're just going to cruise over to Naco, We'll just hop over a few blocks and buy some dad. I can't. Okay. Here's the deal, buddy. Number one, trust your old man. Number two, trust your old man. And of course, in the background, I already called like Jer and some of the other boys. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. We're going to leave my son in Mexico and see if he gets back by himself. <laughs> this is the rites of passage. That's the rites of passage. That's right. <laughs> Little the, dudes being left in Mexico.
2: The Spartans had to go into the forest and kill a wolf. Your That's son right. has to go into Mexico. Make and Make
0: back. Make, make it, it back without
2: <laughs> any of us. It's <laughs> going to be great. He's got all these scratches all over him. He's like, <laughs> no, I now good. know how to traverse Poc- barbed wire. Pocket <laughs> full of chick <laughs> <laughs> he got a poncho
0: on. But uh, the tacos were good. <laughs> He's got a poncho on, exactly. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, got I a I hell of a tan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be a nice <laughs> weekend, and I I'm excited to introduce him to some of the uh, he'll come back as Roberto, stampeders. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I am no longer Robert, now I am Roberto El Roberto. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's a good kid, man. It's a pleasure to pleasure to be his dad, yeah. and uh, you know, similar. I mean, I've taught him to ranch. and sometimes he's like, "Okay, dad," and he just does things, but. You know, at the end of the day, I hope that it gives him good summer work. Isn't you know, he I your pit crew, though? He's my crew chief. Crew chief. There's a big difference. Yeah. He's
2: responsible for all of it. Uh, man. So he doesn't actually have to do it. He just has to order everybody else. What to yeah. Have. It's like <laughs> yeah, he's Do that, do that.
0: Especially when we're out land speed racing. I mean, I've had other people drive for me when uh, my dad wasn't available or, you know, when my dad passed away and I didn't. I've been at the starting line and trying to entice people to drive my chase vehicle for me because i take off and i just tell him look do whatever he says and he's like 10 years old just sitting there going yeah i know what we're doing okay don't go too fast and do this way go this way and go that way and this is my favorite one was what was it he was probably six or seven we've been out land speed racing forever really and uh my f- president of my club uh the roadrunner scta roadrunners club uh, the president's daughter, Amanda, she holds a record. She goes like 200 miles an hour in her big Camaro. Uh, she's an educated woman. Anyway, she goes, oh, I'll drive for you. And he goes, <laughs> my son goes, do you know how it works? The stick shift is here next to the steering wheel. Like, you got to put it. And she's going, oh, okay, buddy. <laughs> 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 oh, I just died, you know. Uh, but he he rocks that so much. And he knows when you're land speed racing you're all waiting in line to go you're all waiting in line for the course so it's kind of like launching a boat in california to get into the water i mean it's a line so you're just waiting in line for your turn and you're only on course for a minute you know and then you're slowing down for half a minute whatever depending on how fast you're going i'd have to do the math i'm probably on course for 28 seconds you know and then i'm slowing down so other than that, we're just hanging out, having good family time. You know, we're camping in the dirt. It's wonderful. And uh, you learn uh, real quickly. He's learned how to make it all happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to have him around. 60 feet from the starting line, little dudes aren't allowed there. You have mm-hmm. to be over 16 and a racer, but, you know. So what he'll do is once we get to that point, um, he gets in the excursion. Well, if there's something to be done, he knows he can't put his feet on the ground, <laughs> so he'll climb through the excursion out the back door, jump on the trailer like he's got it all figured out. Wow. And he just gets all squirrely figuring it out, uh, you know, or he's walking on the side of the excursion on the on that, um, that step bar, the yeah. running boards. Right? I mean, it just cracks me up. I've people have taken pictures of him just hanging off this excursion. I'm not touching the ground, Dad. You know? Oh man, he's rocking it. So, uh, yeah, that's one of their insurance things. They're, they're not allowed to have little people up near the front, which I get it. You know, some of those big motor alcohol burning. I mean, it's not the place for children. Children just aren't, I mean, they'll go deaf, you know. So, yeah. so he hangs out, uh, and I'm glad where he is, believe it or not. Part of my starting process is that bike does not have a charging system. So I'm tethered uh, to the excursion. So the bike's oh. plugged into the excursion. You know, I've got this umbilical cord. And the cord's quite long, so I can plug in the bike when it's on the trailer on the back. So he's got all this cord on the, you know, that he's winding up in the excursion on the ground or in his lap. And so when I start the bike, I'm plugged in and I'm next to, you know, next to the excursion, my chase vehicle. Let's just call it my chase vehicle. I keep saying the excursion, but Mm -hmm. and uh, when it's when it's time to go, I unplug. I get in front of the excursion, the. Boy, that's the most exciting thing in the world when you're land speed racing. When uh, Jill Shannon throws her arms up and tells me to put my face shield down on my helmet and tells me that she throws her two arms at me and then throws her two arms down course, man, I dream of that. And uh, bam, the course is yours, you know. And you just slowly but surely, you take your time in a hurry getting that bike to go just as fast as it can go.
2: Casey, you do any kind of racing like that, or you just do the circles?
1: No, what do you mean circles? Well, I mean, like, doing <laughs> a track. Have you ever, like, done land speed where you just oh, no. go in a straight line? Just riding on the freeway. Yeah. That's about the longest straight lines I've <laughs> Now I'm into the corners and stuff. Do you see yourself doing it? Or actually, I should ask. I think
0: GP wow. would be. I'm surprised you're not kind of out doing a little amateur Moto GP out in uh, Chukawalla.
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like if I had a different bike, maybe I would be more into yeah. that. I, all my friends are always going to Chuck Wallah. They're going to Button Willow a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, it's just kind Aren't kinda, you made of money? You should be doing that. Yeah, nope. that's that's a big <laughs> thing for me is the to take the whole weekend, go out there, do a big track date. It's a little pricey. And it also, I, I would have to take my cage off every time I want to go out there to do the track dates. Well, you, so, you
0: own ranches. You know how to put it yeah. on and take them off.
1: But I could also go to Canyons or I could go to Apex. So I like the little mini track a little better.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's a wonderful thing about being here in Southern California. We've got a lot of options. Yeah. You know, we're really all the racers here. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's some other cool stuff they do across country. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to offend anybody out there doing the Texas Mile or the Ohio Mile or any of the other. Is it the Ohio Mile? Gosh, I don't remember. Anyways, they got all sorts of cool stuff they do on the East Coast. Or they're doing, you know, quarter mile stuff. Uh, of course, we got quarter mile stuff oh here yeah. too. A thousand, what is it? A thousand meter stuff, uh, or is it thousand yards? Anyways, they're doing all sorts of neat stuff all over this wonderful country. Um, so it's pretty exciting. But I know here in Southern California, we've got a lot of option. Uh, the wonderful thing about being on course is that if you have an accident or have an issue, yeah. you don't have obstacles flying at you. Oh yeah. The thirty nine though, up to. uh you know, up to Crystal Lake. That's a really good one. I know my good buddy, um, fellow land speed racer, Shinya Kimura, he came over from Japan. And he, at first, he had a company that was in Vegas. But once he discovered that canyon, he uh, opened up shop in Azusa. So, Chabot oh, okay. Engineering's over in Azusa, California. And I remember asking him, I'm like, You know, Shinya Azusa, why Azusa? And he just pointed up to the mountain. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I totally get it, man.
1: Yeah, I'm (laughs) waiting for GMR to open back up. It's been maybe two months or more now. What's changed? Glendora Mountain Road. Oh yeah, it connects. But that's that's my favorite road because you get there's way less people on it. Yeah, nobody's really driving it so much because it doesn't really go anywhere. Like that's a dead anywhere. But it goes to there's you know there's a little campground up there and there's there's multiple campgrounds and you Mm -hmm. go to GMR. Way less cars, yeah. Don't really worry about police because you don't even, you can't even really speed technically. No, the speed limit's is 55, and even <laughs> on this, it's like,
0: got these squirrely you know, turns, yeah we're, yeah,
1: we're on some li- very sharp corners. Right. But I mean, you can be going, you know, 40, 50 in a corner, and you're smashing through that corner, and it's just Dang. a way more technical uh, road. Some people don't like it because it's technical, right. but that's the only reason they think it's sketchy because it's more technical but that's a good thing yeah like yeah, the yeah, road yeah. conditions are actually pretty nice uh this sh- i mean there's like two straightaways and we usually just chill on the straightaways and let everybody you know the slower yeah, people yeah. catch
0: up yeah 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 yeah.
1: and but yeah it's been closed for like two three months now i'm not sure why they just did a bicycle race this last weekend Through but it. i think um i think it had a lot to do with the rain right there's a lot of Some landslides mudsides. and stuff but man once I open that up, I'll probably leave Azusa alone for a while because that's one thing is I, I went back. I think I've been back twice now since the accident. And wow. there's a couple times where people came into my lane and yeah, I did have like see? like a flashback for a second. and wow. man, I, I do not like that feeling. But I know GMR, it, it attracts less newer riders yeah. and things of that sort. So it's like, yeah, stuff can always happen. But I mean, I've had a lot less close calls at GMR, even though it's way more curvy technical road.
0: Yeah, we gotta get you on a track. You gotta hit Chuck Wallace I've
1: hit um Auto Club Speedway twice. Oh, okay. On my, on my cool. last bike. Yeah. And I did do I really did enjoy it.
0: Amateur what do they call? Open track days. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I really enjoyed it and I I, I do wanna do a track day. It's just I'm a homebody. I like I like to ride and then go home, but like mm-hmm. most oh, of those is. days they make you know, they stay the night. And then they do the whole track day. And it, it's it is fun. I'll probably do it eventually. But
0: well, it's just down the road. Yeah, it's not that far. Yeah. Right. Just a few miles. So just need
1: to plan it out, plan the whole weekend. Just kinda
0: have a good time with it. Just
1: work so much.
0: Don't plan too much. <laughs> if that itinerary gets too thick, twist the throttle. Get <laughs> out of there. <laughs> That's a downfall about land speed racing. Yeah, I'm kinda stuck there. But I it's good family out. time. Yeah. It's no different than you know, people are like, "How much do you spend a year land speed racing?" I probably spend uh, between four and six grand a year land speed racing, but you know, I'd spend that anyways if I had a camper and maybe some off-road toys. You know, yeah, that we went out and hit the hills. Yeah, exactly. Song. It's not, it's not any different, and it is a little weird. I think raising my son around the fastest cars and motorcycles in the world, but he's so used to it, he doesn't. You <laughs> I wouldn't know. say
1: weird. I would say fortunate. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind, um, you know, just having some off-road vehicles and having some fun, but yeah. I'm not too into that. I don't know. It just seems... I don't know. Those just aren't my types of people. Want to build and go fast? I'm in.
2: So, Casey, between uh, what you're doing riding and what you're doing working, where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Um, basically, definitely still trying to ride bicycles as much as I can and motorcycles. Nice. Uh, work-wise... I, I want to stay in the industry. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be in the motorcycle industry and now in the bicycle industry. Both of those kind of happened out of nowhere, to be honest, in my life. But I'd really like to still be somewhere in the industry. I'm kind of leaning towards either or, really. Um, I, maybe some type of mechanic job, again, if I came across the right person or opportunity things of that sort, I mean... You should aim higher. You're, you're quite
2: the authority. You should open up your own business. You're good at what you do. Uh-huh. That's always some a kind hard hard mix. Mix. I'm just yeah. planting the yeah. seed right now so that I can brag about it in another five years. <laughs> I gave him that
1: idea. It's one of those things that would be awesome. Yeah. It'd be really cool. But Yeah, it's just... We repair dirty backs here and dirty <laughs> backs. You can call it dirty <laughs> backers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, basically, I see myself trying to, you know, learn as much... The new things that I didn't know before, because that's kind of how I saw my last job at the as a flat track mechanic. Mm-hmm. That yeah. you know, the whole first year it was almost every day to every week I was learning something I never have ever even came close to learning before. Mm. Learning something new all the time, so I kind of try to keep doing that, no matter what industry I'm in, I'm trying to get all the opportunities I can to constantly le- be learning new things. Yeah, so that I have all these things in my tool belt that. I can do, and then at least you know that could turn into me running my own business one day. So yeah,
2: and you know that would what? Be awesome. Learning new things, you got to keep on doing that, and you know you got to have the foresight to see where the industry is going. Where do you think the industry is going to go in the next five years, and how are you going to be part of it?
1: Uh, I see, it actually, in both industries, the motorcycle and bicycle industry, I see a lot of technology starting to intertwine more and more. Yeah. It's hard to find bikes these days that don't have traction control or ABS. Uh, Fortunately, with my Z650, I had the option to not get ABS, which is great. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) they do have that as an option. I think you actually get cheaper insurance, too, if you get the ABS one. But, um, yeah, I see a lot of technology intertwining. I mean, a couple of my friends got some of the new BMWs and the new Kawasaki's, new Yamaha's they all have all these different power modes it's almost standard now hmm. that you have different power modes um, another big thing is the electric bikes yeah um also the bicycles too there's electric a lot of e-bikes bicycles, now yeah although um, they need to have insurance but that's another story. yeah but some of those i've i've tested in a few and man some of them really take off it's a little crazy they they take off and get you right to 20 miles an hour and stop yeah but i mean the technology with those is amazing and then with the electric motorcycles too Like, I feel in the next 10 years, there's going to be a lot more electric motorcycles out. Um, Right now, I think it, I think there's like Alta, it makes those electric Mm -hmm. dirt bikes, which are ridiculous. Oh, Mm -hmm. those are gorgeous. Uh, My friend has one of the zero electric motorcycles. He likes it a lot. He said it's a really good commuter. And I mean, they have quite a bit of power. And if that's what they have right now, 10 years from now, I mean, it could be way more practical. Uh, The big thing is the money. It could be a lot more affordable. I think the Alta's around like 20 grand. Hover bikes. 15 grand, something like that. Yeah, something. I I would own an electric bike. It would be cool. I'm going to tell
0: my Alta story. They showed up to one of the track days we were having up in, uh, well, they were having up in, um, I think it was in a hell on with, I don't remember. Anyways, they're flat track racing. Then Alta throws like six bikes in the ring, and all these guys jump on Altas. Well, it was probably about the second or third lap. You realize there's no sound, <laughs> and these guys can talk to each other. Oh, so then it's, it's, it was like a baseball game. Your mother's this. Why did this to your mother shit. last night? It was great. <laughs> these guys are talking crap on the track. Oh, it was fabulous. Oh, man. And they could actually hear the audience. So for flat tracking, I think electric bikes are freaking awesome. You mm-hmm. know, it'd be nice if. You're right when the price comes down. You yeah. Know? And it was great for Alta to go, here, here's a bunch of bikes, go have fun. They had six or eight of them out that day yeah. up uh, in Glen. Uh, what is it, Glen? Glen Helen. Glen Helen. Thank you. Glen Helen. That yeah, I rode classic. one of the
1: uh, electric uh, Altas or the flat track. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all flat tracked out. Alta, it was one of the guys, right. he usually takes it to Paris Raceway cool yeah 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 Uh Yeah, um i got to ride it at my last job and man i rode it down the street and holy crap (laughs) i think it was on b mode or the the medium speed right right oh my gosh like and i don't know if it was just the silence of it like all you hear is the chain but man it it was so fast i could not believe it but that thing would be awesome for the street just to ride that around it was yeah
0: yeah cool bike well and it's amazing too the crossovers uh I had a roommate for a while. She's from Texas. Did I mention Jennifer? My roommate Jennifer, her wife, Rhoda? Yeah, they cruise in. They're, you know, in their mid-20s and wanted to come to California. She was, she is a freaking, you know, off-road motorcycle rider. Yeah. And this young woman just blew my mind, the crazy stuff. She'd just fly through the air on her dirt bike. And so she got to ride an Alta, and it was the same thing. I mean, it's just absolutely fabulous. Yeah,
1: it's instant power. Like instant RC power. Car. Like a sure. Tesla, yeah. how they oh go yeah, 0 to like 60 that, yeah. in a second. It's ridiculous. It'll give you a headache. And the maintenance, too, is pretty low on those, which is also pretty nice. I know mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of people like that.
2: I ought to learn some of that so that you can you can transition into... I mean, there probably aren't many Alta mechanics yet. Yet, and maybe they'll give it time. Man, maybe there's a UTI course or well, something. Well, and like the cross
0: country theme is an old, it's an old, old, old theory that Ford and Edison had, and that was simply that if you need to go cross country on an electric machine, you simply go 200 miles, whatever the batteries will do, 100 miles, and then you trade out your batteries, you get a fresh set of batteries. So instead of having gas stations, you have battery stations. So it's not it's 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 gonna happen you know it, again this is something Edison and Ford came up with. So
2: instead of charging your battery, you you change out your battery. You just change battery. them out. That's like right. So it just takes one. a second, like that's click, right. click oh, okay. and then you just you go. pull
0: up to the station. Some guys come out. They take your old battery out. They give you a freshly charged battery. And now they're charging your old battery for the next guy. It's they so probably have like probably like some tank. certain <laughs> standard sizes, maybe <laughs> exactly, or yeah, exactly. I you could see that. To come together and do that. I mean,
1: ten years ago from now there was barely anything like that we had you know like terrible little priuses barely putting around <laughs> and now, <laughs> people yeah. laughing at them and, and now
2: the no. tesla is like a spaceship if oh never been in one well and we Ridiculous. all know
0: and you know it's all conspiracy theory but we used to have these great electric uh you know public transportation cars that went all over the place and then next oh, yeah. thing you know gmc came in and replaced them all with you know smoke spewing buses instead and the buses held less people than the electric cars did so how did this happen, we don't know, but it starts in one city, and all these councilmen are driving new Cadillacs for some reason, and they yeah. just slowly made their way. You know, it was a great, GM just killed it in that, and selling these big buses that they were taking over the country in, and that was, you know, in the 20s and 30s, really. Uh, so it's, it's gonna come a time where the electric industry, electric mobile industry, people like Elon Musk, mm-hmm. Alta, Zero, all these great companies are gonna do exciting things. And uh, you know they started with cars because that's what that's what uses a fuel, so that's what people are sold on. But eventually, trucks, trucks, yeah, yeah. Eventually, well, trucks were you know when this house was built, I got pictures of (laughs) it in my old nineteen twelve Craftsman. I got pictures of this house being built, and the houses in the neighborhood. But guess what? The trucks that delivered the parts, they were battery powered. People, it was literally just a whole bank of batteries under it. And there's a picture that I need to find, but it's got that, and then it's got, um, you know, two horse-drawn carriages delivering supplies as well, but... Hmm. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> electricity is not new. <laughs> was, there's
1: those electric uh, UPS trucks around for a while, and then I don't know what happened to those. Yeah, oh, really? my
0: brother had one delivering Red Bull, too, and it had it had a few problems, and they ended up getting rid of it, which is really sad. I thought the Red Bull car runs on Red Bull. It know, gives, you right? <laughs> gives you wings. It uh, gives you wings. <laughs> you know, the conspiracy
2: theory that I remember hearing, and this is back when I was in sixth grade. I, I was reading a Popular Mechanics. True,
0: um, nerd, and nerd uh, alert. <laughs> Just and kidding! I had a subscription too.
2: And so the thing I was reading <laughs> in Popular Mechanics is they were saying that uh, they had developed a, a gas engine that goes 150 to 200 miles to the gallon. Yeah, it can be done. And that wasn't talk; like they actually had the prototype that worked. And you know who bought it? The gas companies. Amazing. And they booked it. They just basically put it on wow. the back shelf and said, "We don't want this engine. It's going to take away our our money, or you know, we won't get as much money." And so they fought that. They just shelved it. And there's that one guy who made the car that runs on water, and he mysteriously died, and his plans disappeared. So
0: now we're getting dark and deep. Yeah. So it's you possible. know, well, no, the first, uh, you know, the first internal combustion engine made by a French guy ran on hydrogen. So you take water, add electrolysis to it. It's not hard to make hydrogen. The problem is you need a lot, and mm-hmm. hydrogen is not. It's not dangerous when it's being made. It's dangerous when you store it, and that's why everyone's afraid of hydrogen. Yeah, we've but seen I've the Hindenburg <laughs> hydrogen technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we <laughs> we see what happens when you use hydrogen. Oh,
2: the humanity! You know, the right. humanity!
0: Germany was just real busy. They absolutely did not want to buy helium from the USA because that's the only place. Yeah, know, Texas it was really expensive. We, so
2: the USA is kind of responsible for the Hindenburg going down, nice. as well as Indirectly. the other aircraft. There was there's more Zeppelins that that uh were bigger crashes but that was the first one that was like on film so that's the one everybody remembers yeah. but well, there was a lot that people died because of the and hydrogen. zeppelins were
0: gigantic they were four times the size of the blimps yeah. you see now and we don't think about but the empire state you know the empire state building guess what that guess what's at the top an airport <laughs> yeah
2: yeah to dock a, a zeppelin right that's,
0: that's that's why it was built like that. Would have thought uh, they were flammable Well, they they weren't with the helium no helium's not (laughs) too flammable but hydrogen yeah so we all get afraid of it so it'll be real exciting I'm real glad gasoline's around Uh, you know the power that it puts out is just absolutely amazing you get so much power from a gallon of gasoline what we forget is that we only see about 30% of the power that our engines actually put out at the rear wheel you know because an engine can make a ton of power but uh, just the way they're designed and the way it goes into the transmission and then goes to the chain et cetera. Et cetera. we just don't get it all so okay that's the energy lesson for the day <laughs> let's talk about cool stuff oh i'm gonna share last weekend hit up a cool show out in joshua tree called the nowhere show it was quite exciting i guess it, this is their second year is out on this guy's farm man it was really cool just kind of out there in the middle of nowhere it reminded me a good old freaking motorcycle shows there were a few like big name sponsors uh, indian built well converse uh, and then some of the little guys were there as well um tobacco wares and uh, some other cool little people but you know it's great to catch up with friends the nowhere show i hope they have another one next year we shall see joshua tree always enjoy a good ride through the desert some people are afraid to ride through the desert i've heard but boy man i love it i don't know what my problem is <laughs> i don't know what their problem is i love joshua tree yeah huh, I some guess people, people go
2: there for the rock climbing and stuff and not the motorcycle riding
0: yeah don't get too close to the trees but yeah. they've got some great straight roads a little bit of dirt mm-hmm. um
2: we always stay at the boulders well when we when we went we like to stay there
0: it was fun
2: we gotta go camping
0: yeah camp all you want we just hopped up there for the day and came back. It was pretty nice. It's Joshua Tree. It's not very far. Did you do some acid? Like mm, the doors and all the think. other rock stars <laughs> that go out there? You uh, too. Yeah, no. Well, I'll tell you, for me, it's Peyote. For me, it's, it's this it's that memory of being a child in the motorhome and my dad heading out to Parker. We'd go to Parker, gosh, every other weekend. It was just phenomenal. And, you know, the way you get to Parker is you go down the 10 to Blythe and you make a left. Not my dad, and he wanted to go up through Joshua Tree, so we climbed that hill in this big old Winnebago. And, uh, you know, search out for roadrunners, man, and a few times I got to see a few good ones. A few times I was too busy talking, my dad would point them out and I'd miss them. Like real roadrunners, not oh, American yeah. roadrunners? No, so not the real roadrunners. Um, you know, even when I was down in Mexico, uh, I was pulling uh, into the camp there where everyone was, and it was right after we'd gotten done racing on that uh, those few acres of dirt there across from the camp, and there was a roadrunner there running next to me then too. Was there a? I enjoy it coyote with an acme rocket pack chasing it i just you know and that (laughs) was a funny thing yeah there wasn't Uh, (laughs) and i just stopped and enjoyed this mexican roadrunner hanging out there man yeah they're cool he didn't speak spanish he didn't speak any language he just hung out (laughs) i'm a big fan of the birds but that that's where it all started back in the day cruising through joshua tree trying to get over to parker and what's a group of roadrunners called again a marathon, a marathon, a road runners. marathon, of road <laughs> Holy heck, Casey! Thanks for sitting around and shooting the crap with us. Yeah, man, thanks for some having good me. stories. It, yeah, it'll you're... be very exciting to see what you do in the future. Casey is Appreciate my neighbor.
2: It. I'm so glad that we met, and uh, yeah. we were able to bring you in. And again, congratulations! Hit your IG
0: again, Casey. Uh, Casey Rider one eight seven. Casey Rider one eight seven. Find him on the gram. Yeah, it's good stuff. Outro. Good music. Enjoy. Meek. This has been American Roadrunner Podcast.